in trouble after Sister Connie went on Friday until I talked to Brother David. And I was like, man, I, I, can't, I can't preach this word. This is too strong. This is it. But it's what's facing every one of us in life. It's an appointment that we're facing in life that we've got to deal with. Every one of us have to deal with it, and you need to deal with it beforehand. Right now. Joshua 24 says these words right here. It says, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Who are you going to serve? You're going to serve somebody. You're going to be a slave to one or the other, either to your master Satan or to your master Jesus Christ. And I promise you, he's got a whole lot better things for you. In the book of Hebrews, you can turn there and we'll read that verse. This verse, Brother Chad rang in my ear. Man, I, I couldn't get it off because of a question, and I, I'm trying not to shoot all my bullets at one time right here. I've been itching since about 15 to 9, like, man, let's just preach now. But I had to wait for y'all to get here. <laughs> There's prayers that went up, and you know how I know that it's evident that God's moving? Because God's already done called one soul to salvation. You know how else I know? Because God's bringing people back to hear God's word. Because you need it, just like I need it. Man, we're needing what God's got. In these days that we're living in, we're needing salvation that only God can give. We're needing a finalized, complete gift of God given that nobody else could pay for except Jesus Christ. Let me pray right here before we read this verse, because I need to. Lord, we are. Uh, God, we just want to say we thank you. God, thank you for my pastor, Lord. Thank you that, uh, God, he loves the flock that you've given him, Lord, and he was rushing, God, to get back. Lord, I thank you that he's here today. Lord, I feel strength. God, like he said, when all of our families together, Lord, and it's getting back right, Lord, people are coming back. God, we're getting an army ready, Lord. I, God, I've been praying for that same revival. God, that I've heard talked about all my life. God, ain't, there ain't no, no doubt in my mind, Lord, that you're getting ready to do something great big in this country. God, I don't believe you're through with our country, Lord, as, as we see so much confusion going on, as we see so many things that's going on, and it seems like everywhere you turn, everybody's looking for help everywhere else except Jesus. God, I pray that you just shake this nation. God, and then from here on out, just shake the world, Lord. God, your word says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, Lord, that you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever would just believe in you, Lord, would not perish. What a mighty word. God wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life, Lord. I thank you that today, Lord, that salvation is still available. God, that appointment, God, everything can be checked off. It can be ready, Lord. You can be ready for that appointment today. And God, I thank you that today, Lord, you've brought people here, Lord, that's going to hear. God, your gospel, Lord, I just pray for your anointing, Lord, to fall down. God, just use me as much as you can, Lord, as, for whatever you need. God, guard me, Lord. Help me, to, help me to bring across the message that you've given, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 9.27 says these words. You know it all too well, probably. 
I hear pages turning. Let me know, say amen when you get there. Amen. Wait a minute, I like that. Hebrews 9, 27. You ready? It says, and it is appointed unto men once to die. And it is appointed unto men once to die, and it's got a comma. It says, but after this, the judgment. We've got judgment that God's going to bring upon His people. Judgment's going to land on His people one day, and it's going to be in, in two fashions. It's either going to be all on you, or it's going to be all on Christ. You say, how's that? See, we have to rewind. Over 2,000 years ago, our Savior, Jesus Christ, He's already your Savior. 2,000 years ago plus, He gave His life willingly. Man, he looked out of heaven. God, God has prepared his son to come and to be born of a virgin, to come and live upon this earth, do no sin, live a perfect, pure, holy life, as Brother Eddie was saying just a moment ago. Man, he's pure, he's holy, he's righteous. And he could have kept every bit of it to himself. He could have chose like... It's too great a price. It's, it's too much. I don't know if anyone will come. He could have chose that, but Jesus, God's love for the whole world, Jesus could not constrain himself. As the nails drive into his hands and his feet, as the crown of thorns is put up on his head, as he's beaten all night long and he's, he's mutilating his body, if you read over in Isaiah, it'll tell you that he was marred beyond recognition to a place that he didn't even look human, almost like just a piece of meat that the butcher had gotten through with. And he did it for you. And get this, better than that, he did it for me. That's where I get to say praise God. He did it for the whole world, and, and it was a free gift, man. He, he poured his blood out on Calvary's hill. All those songs, I was wanting to write down notes from Sister Renee singing, Brother Eddie singing, Kaylee singing, Jalen singing. I was like, man, every one of these songs are ordered for this word today. About heaven, about the closeness of God's Spirit. Man, it was all kinds of things in there. Kaylee was singing that last song. I was fixing to write it down. They started another. I was like, man, I can't write nothing down. I can't write nothing down. Lord, you done preached so many sermons just in the song service to reach a soul, to call people out of darkness and into this marvelous light. This word right here says it's appointed unto men once to die. It hadn't been too awful long ago. I got to speak to some men, and we was talking about salvation, and I talked about death, and eyes get open. Eyes get real wide like, oh man, let's talk about the goodness of the Lord. I said, I'm talking about the goodness of the Lord. It's appointed. It's a time that you're not going to be able to refuse the appointment that's set before you. It's a time set apart for that. And then after that appointment, it says the judgment. Then the judgment comes. I told you about all the snow on the interstate is... We went to Jackson and to get things and to do. And 
we was coming back on the interstate, and man, I, I, my wife, my girls, they'll tell you, I just zone out on you. I'll just, man, I'll just be looking sometimes, and I'll just zone out. But my wife asked a question that she didn't have a clue was right on line with the word that I was thinking about. This one right here. Brother Jalen, we was coming down Interstate 40. Man, that thing was clear. Anthony, y'all done done a wonderful job. It was so clear. Man, you could pass. I could have done 95 around the big truck in the emergency lane if I needed to. It was clear all the way across. My wife was thinking about getting home. I was thinking about getting home. But I was also thinking about a heavenly home. The Bible talks about a highway being prepared for the return of Jesus. About it being laid out. And, and, and she asked a simple question, Sister Christy. It was wonderful. And she had a whole lot of sense to it. We got right here to this exit 56. And I live on down off of exit 47. So I've got two more exits to go. And she asked a pointed question. She said, why don't you just stay on the interstate? It's clear. I said, no, I can't stay on the interstate, Brother Randy. I've got time for a detour. And you look and you think about the question like, well, you live on Stanton Coco Road and that thing is curvy. Man, there's like 10,000 deer they live on my road. I hit one two weeks ago in my truck. Went all the way under my truck. Didn't dent not a thing. Didn't knock my grill out. I skint the deer. It went out the back of the truck. It's laying dead on the road, and there's hair all over my truck. There's hair everywhere. Matthew's sitting back there. He had to go look. I had to get my wife, take her to the doctor. She was having some trouble. And I was like, man, I don't know. He took a light down there. Look, he said, man, I can't find nothing wrong with your truck. Nothing. I was like, well, God be the glory, man. Look here. I just knew grills falling out, headlights hanging by the wire. I just knew everything done happened. I was like, man, that thing done done some damage. It went under. Boom, boy, it's everywhere. I was all over that thing. Bless her heart laying in that road. But that road was on my mind for one reason. It says, Tinker, I could get home on my road. It was icy. It was a little dicey, as they say. It's icy, it's dicey. I didn't heard that all through the snow. If it's icy, it's dicey. You know, every time news comes on, we get a you know, half inch of snow. You know, it's, it's winter storm 2021. <laughs> you know, I know we got a whole lot more than a half an inch, but boy, it don't take much to lock us down. We ain't used to it here. I was on that interstate, and Gwen asked me that question. She said, why don't you stay on the interstate? If you'll ask people in the highway patrol or that work at TDOT, they say that this curve right past this exit is like the, the most dangerous curve on Interstate 40. It's like we don't know why it's more wrecks between there and the exit at Coco than almost any other place. And I happen to know that there's been times that I've been trying to get home. And I used to run the interstate because, you know, you can get on the interstate 
can mash on it a little bit. You can go on. You know, you can blow the soot out of it if you need to. For the highway patrol in here, just give me grace this morning. But sometimes I would hit that interstate because, like, I'm going to get there faster. But I can't tell you how many times right here from, from just a few miles to the exit at my home that I've got hung up for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, just right here. And I just live just a few more miles down the road, and I'm trying to get home. Man, I want to get home, so I learned a long time ago, man, it'll be a whole lot easier while you got time to just go on and get off at 56. If you done made it that far, just get off at 56, take you an extra five minutes, Think about it right here and get yourself home. And if you get on 76, I like riding down 76 Highway anyways. We've got the world-famous Hatchie Bottom right there. Man, it's trees. Man, you can look all around you. It's, it's a pretty little bottom to go through. I know. I've been living out there my whole life, 44 years. Same little area. But I know on 76 Highway if something happens, I can do something that on I-40 I can't do. I can turn around. There's wrecks that happen on 76 Highway. There's wrecks that happen on 70 Highway going around. If I had to turn around and go all the way back around, I can go all the way around the 70 Highway and come back through Stanton to get to my house. If I've got home on my mind, I can make it home one way or another because I know I've got time that I can turn around. But if I get on that lane of Interstate 40 and I pass this exit, and it ain't legal. But I have had a time or two it happened, Brother Jalen, and I backed up this ramp right out of here. <laughs> but when you get past that curve, it's, there ain't no U-turn. <laughs> Not legally. There's no way to turn around. It's just like getting on I-240 around Memphis. Boy, at rush hour. I learned my lesson on rush hour in I-240 in Memphis, man. Just go the back streets. I know Memphis pretty well. I, I'm kind of like an old coon dog. I can get my, get my nose pointing in the right direction. Well, no, sir, if we just keep heading west or we just keep heading east, I'll get back to so-and-so and I'll get to where I'm headed. But I've got time then. I've got time then to make a turnaround, to make a U-turn. If I get on one of those streets, Brother Jason, I can pull in the driveway turn around and get myself straightened back out so I can get on home. That verse talks about an appointment. It says, and it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that you've got to face the judgment. Talking to the men, my heart gets burdened for men. That when you sit down with them, if, they've got, if you're in a group of men, you can't hardly get nothing done. But a lot of times, if you can get a man one-on-one -on -one and get him to a place what the Bible says, that if he'll humble himself and pray and seek God's face and turn from his wicked way, it says, then God's word says, then he'll hear from heaven and forgive that sin and heal his land. It's talking about a nation, but it's also talking about a human being, a, a man, a woman, a boy, a girl, if you'll think about the consequences of your sin, if you'll think about right now in life, you've got a chance to turn around. The word in the Bible is called repentance. To repent of your sin means you're headed in one direction. 
And you take time to turn around and head in a new. We've got a cross on this stage up here, and it represents what this man that we done sung about all this morning. It represents the, the glory that he has prepared for us in heaven. It represents everything that we're going to need is found in the life and the blood of Jesus that hung and died upon that cross. And then he had a tomb that was borrowed because he didn't need it long. He done made a promise. And they buried this Jesus that we talk about, that we're so excited about. They buried this Jesus in this tomb, and he had told his disciples and many others, he said, three days and I'm going to come up out of that tomb. That's what we celebrate at Easter, brother, is the resurrection of Christ. And there's power in the resurrection of this Jesus. Amen. Then there's also another sustaining power, that when Jesus had come back from the grave. He had come back from the dead, rose again on that third day, showed himself to all the disciples and so many others. And then he ascended into heaven. He, he gave us another great and precious promise. He said, I got to go. <laughs> he said, man, I got to go. The work I got, it still ain't quite complete because I'm going to send you another comforter. Because at this time, if I'm not right here with you, and you're not going to believe what's going to get done. All the miracles, all the love, all the blinded eyes that he made to see, all the lame people that he made to walk, all the ones that he had called up out of the dead that had already died, all of those things that he had done, the miracles of God that Jesus had done, he said, I got a need. I got a need to leave this earth, and then I'm going to send you another comforter. And we call that the Holy Ghost of God. The Holy Spirit of God is what the Bible calls that. And man, the Bible says that he'll come and he'll do something that hardly gets preached a whole lot of places anymore. But that Holy Spirit, Brother David, he said, will dwell in you. Yeah. I thought about your peace that you got, Brother. He, it says God's peace is a peace that passes all understanding. All understanding. It just passes it all. It surpasses all understanding. And today, it's offered to you so full and so free. Yes. Kaylee, you singing that song, just bring it to the table. I think one part of it said, there ain't nothing he ain't ever seen before. <laughs> Brother Jason, I, there ain't nothing he ain't ever seen. There ain't no sin that he forgot to pay for up on the cross. He covered them all, man. His blood ran down, Brother Ed, and it covered every sin that would ever be done by humankind. In this chapter, if you get time, you'll read it. Actually, two or three chapters even before, and it talks about the time before Christ. It talks about how the priest would go into the temple, to the tabernacle once a year, and he'd offer the blood, he'd, and it said it'd be others' blood. The blood of bulls and goats and lambs and all that, and he would bring that, and he'd offer it for his sins and for the sins of the people. But there was something wrong with it. It had to be done over and over and over. And this, this Bible right here, this chapter that we're in, it said Jesus come and he done it all at once. <laughs> he done it all at once. He covered every sin all at once. Verse 22, let me read you a few right here. It says, And in almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. 
Look at verse 23. It says, It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, meaning they were, they were doing the right thing. It says, But into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others. There it is. It says, For then must he have often suffered since the foundation of the world. It says, But now, <laughs> but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus took the sacrifice of his own self and he said, man, I'm going to give it all right here. When he laid himself up on that cross, man, when the, when the nails, I, I, I don't know if you've ever seen The Passion of the Christ. That, to me, it's one of the movies that, I, man, has got it so close to what we can actually see. And you need to watch it sometimes. Just maybe it would kick things into gear. And the, the purpose, the title of this, le this message this morning that God was giving me As the world's trying to flood things into your mind and get you so sidetracked, it does me too. Man, with all the turmoil that's going on, boy, we could watch the news and we could try to figure things out. Brother Larry, God whispered sweet peace to me a few days ago. Because I got to thinking about over in the book of Peter, he said, why don't you just cast all that on me? He said, man, you're trying to figure out how to pray? And I, I really was, Brother Chad. I was like, man, Lord, how do I pray? I mean, I'm, I'm praying for our new president. I'm praying, God, you, you know, help him. Help him. God, save him. God, do something in him. I mean, they're carrying us in a wrong direction, and it's so evident by God's word what, what's happening in the nation. And it seems like the world is just applauding it on. And they're calling what we've talked about for months and months and years and years. They're calling evil. Good. And they're calling good evil. They're praising and lifting up the things that not of God and they're casting down the things that's of God and stomping on them and trying to put it out. But there's one thing they can't do about God's word. He said, my word shall endure forever. But Larry Fitz, I was thinking about that word. I was thinking about all the promises. All, all the promises that he gave us. He said, if you'll, just, if you'll just come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, he said, man, I got you the couch of all couches. I got you the bed of all beds. I got you the pillar of all pillars. He said, man, I've got rest for you. This morning, the title of this message, he kept putting on me, and I ain't gave it to you yet, I don't think. Man, my motive is to get you eternally conscious. To get eternally conscious, get, get yourself thinking on some heavenly things, get yourself thinking of exactly what all did Jesus provide in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection. He provided you life. He provided you something that you're trying to get from everywhere else. And, and Brother Eddie was reaching already. I felt like we was in tag team wrestling. Just a moment ago, I was like, Lord, he's finna preach. 
Man, he's finna preach for about an hour and a half, and then I get my four hours. That's all I got anyways. I was like, man, this is going to be like tag team wrestling. Boy, we get to, he going to lean over ropes, I'm going to be reaching. Like, man, let's do it together. Boy, I just knew it was coming, Brother Chad. It wouldn't have made me no difference. He's my pastor. I always tell him, I was like, man, you just take the mic, man. You, you push me on down, brother. I'm going to get over here and amen you. I'm going to cheer on. Eternally conscious. I got to thinking about what does it mean to be conscious of eternity that's out there ahead of you. What does it mean to be conscious of eternity, eternity that's out there that's, that's forever? It means in Christ, I had wrote it down, I can think I can remember a couple of them. It means that your values change. The things that used to be important to you, Man, they just lose all their splendor. They just lose all their glory. I, man, I got to talk to my oldest daughter yesterday. We, I, I don't know. She might have zoned out on me a little bit. Me and Allie Grace and Gwen was sitting there. and Man, I was trying to share the gospel with her. We just talking about things of God, Brother Billy Wayne. I was like, man, I can't get a better time. Brother Eddie spoke something into me. I was like, man, we need to try to clear the church parking lot. What we need to do, this was last Sunday. He's like, man, it kind of does a lot of damage. You know, he's wanting to protect what God's done blessed us here with. And, and I was like, man, I'm just all game. I just didn't know if I needed a scoop in my hand. What are we going to do? But he spoke something in my spirit about all that snow, Brother David. He said, boy, ain't this just like God? He said, God done gave us all more time at home with our families. God done put us, he done blessed us in a way and Man, he done let us kind of lock down at home again. We've kind of looked at them things as bad. And I, boy, I got to thinking about it, Brother Gerald, as I was talking to Allie yesterday. Olivia was at my mom and daddy's house, which is a long ways away, about 150, 80 feet. <laughs> She's up there playing and doing. And man, God just opened the door. And I was like, Lord, you, you open the door right here and I better step through it even if, even if Allie just kind of turns me off a little bit. Because there's some important things. I was like, Brother Eddie kept ringing in my head how you said, God done blessed us with all that time to be there. And I've worked a bunch of jobs, man. I've worked a long time where sometimes I leave the house at 5 o'clock in the morning I might not get home till 11 o'clock at night. And I... I don't know. God really does have better things for you. I didn't know what all God was changing in me and things that he was doing. I didn't know the importance of it all. As, as one lady, Brother Eddie, says, and we use this word all the time, I didn't know the magnitude of it all. I didn't know what all it had in store, but I got an 11-year-old, and I was like, Lord, she's 11 going on 28. Like, man, I better, I better try to impart something right here, Owen. Andrew, I was like, man, they'll, they'll be out of the house before I know it. And I got to looking at her in her eyes, and she was looking so, Brother Doug, she was looking just so intent. We was talking about just things in life, and just, man, God was just giving me the opportunity. And it was just rolling out, and I was like, man, you know, maybe this will form something, maybe this will 
pave a way for to keep on. Because See, we got all these children in here, and they're hearing God's Word. and We ain't going to last forever. Somebody's got to carry things on. Somebody's got to reach your grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren, and your, some of you's got great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren. Man, somebody's got to carry this on, dang on for Jesus. They got to push it on out there, and we need to be imparting in them while we got it. Don't just, don't just hoard it all up for yourself. Don't just think about yourself. See, when I was on Interstate 40, I was thinking, man, I want to get my family home safe. And all I could think about, Brother Chad, like what if today was my day to have that wreck going around that curb? So I told Gwen, I said, no, I think we'll get off right here and we'll get, get on to the house. I got to thinking about the dangers that was waiting just right past the exit, right past the place where I could turn around. I got to thinking about all that, and boy, I, my mind just zoned Brother Curtis right into salvation. I was like, God's so good to me. He gave me an opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to get saved. His, His Holy Spirit was reaching me. He was grabbing for me all the time. And I'm telling you, there's times that God should have thrown me into, straight into hell. He should have let me walk straight off in there because I denied Him time after time after time. But God. Man, His grace and His mercy was enough to see me through. He gave me ample time. He gave me ample time and he gave me a right mind to think about what he was offering me. Thank God I had enough sense to stop and think about it. The Holy Spirit, when God went to nudging, went to nudging on my heart and I'd been in church all, you know, the majority of my life. I mean, my mama would just make me go and there was times as a child I was like, man, I don't really care nothing about going. I want to stay home. I, I want to do something else for daddy. You know, I, I wasn't blessed with a daddy at that time that was saved. And, and, and I mean, he just didn't go to church. And I was like, man, I just want to be with my daddy. I just want to stay there. We might cut wood today. We might go, you know, chop something in the garden. We might go do whatever. I don't know. I had things in my mind that was so much bigger. Like, man, I ain't got time for church. But God got a hold of me. His Holy Spirit reached out through an anointed preaching of the gospel in such a way that I couldn't deny it. Jalen, I mean, he grabbed a hold of something. I couldn't, I couldn't explain it now if I had to. Man, God, th through His grace and mercy, reached down right out of heaven, right in a pew when I was sitting at church one day, done got married, done went on in life. And he reached right out of heaven. Brother Larry Cook, it's like, best way I can explain it, it's like his finger was pushing in my heart. It's like his finger was pushing in my heart in such a way it's like, you know you need to turn around. You know you're headed on a direct path that ain't nothing at the end but death and destruction. And I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful that He chose to save me, man, that, that by His blood that was shed upon that cross of Calvary and just by faith, I didn't know nothing. Man, I had been like a... I don't know, I could recite things to you, but I had been like, I don't even know what to compare it to. It's like if it was a tape recorder. I know we don't have those no more, but you used to push record 
I could tell you some of the right things because I'd been raised around it. I'd known some things about it. So around most folks, I could get away with it. It was okay just being mediocre. It was okay just being a mediocre person like, you must have it. You're doing all right. Man, we, we see folks now. I think about a sermon I listened to years ago. When that word mediocre come, I thought about it, David. How the Bible preaches about the men. The men. It talks about the men over and over. And it, and it talks about us drawing nigh to God. And it talks about it. And we know that it's meaning all people. But God points it that way because he set up a family in such a way. That a man's supposed to be the head of the household, the wife. They're supposed to love one another. You know what it all says. You know how it all frames out. Children are supposed to be in subjection. You're supposed to do things in God's order. Christ is the head of the church, man. He, he gives us a pastor here. We, he, Christ is the head of the church. He's the head of the flock here. He's sent by God to, to, to lead the flock. I mean, all the things that God set up in order. I heard that sermon that time and it talked about mediocre Christians. Talked about mediocre Christians. Like if you get somebody that loves God's word and man, they just get just infatuated with God's word. I remember it to cut it short as best I can. It was like, you know, if a young man, young woman, whatever, somebody gets saved, just say a young man gets saved. We'll just use it for the preaching sense. And somebody gets saved, you know, and and man, they go to digging in God's word. They're looking, man, what all is God trying to speak right here? What all is God trying to say? What does the world do to them? The world pushes that man aside, pushes that young man aside and says, you must be called to preach. Oh, man, you, you must be called to preach. I mean, you boy, look at you go. Loving God's word. Man, you, you reading that thing, you studying it, man, you trying to cap it all in and, and just build all that word up in you. I, boy, I'm telling you, God's calling you to preach. Brother Curtis, sometimes it's done that way, and then other men will cast them out. They'll push them out, and they'll say, man, he, he's separate. That, that young man over there, he's separate. He, he, God must be calling him to something big. In that sermon, that man ended up preaching. He said, no, he said, that just means he's a Christian. Loving God's Word, consuming God's Word just means that he's been born again. That's what it means. Man, when God's Word talks about this appointment that's coming, and you ain't got no place to turn around, after, after that appointment that you die, and you ain't got nowhere else to go, you're on that path. That judgment's coming. We've got the judgment seat of Christ, and then the great, right, great white throne. And for those that land before that great white throne, it's not going to be very good. You'll get a, probably another opportunity right there that you'll get to present maybe your works. Maybe before God, you'll get to say, well, I was good here and I was good there. And I was good this and I was good that. And I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I look at Scripture and it's like, God's going to give you a chance. If you deny what he gave through Christ, 
He's going to give you a chance just to see how you measure up, and I, I think we all know what the end of that's going to be. Over in Romans, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 2 Corinthians. You don't have to turn there. I've got it wrote down. 2 Corinthians says, For he hath made him to be sin for us. Listen to this. Who knew no sin. This perfect, pure, holy God sent down his perfect, pure, holy Son and he lived upon the earth, man, he was born here, he walked amongst men, and he had absolutely no sin. And God took him and took your sin and my sin and put it upon his son. It says that he made him to be sin. Who knew no sin, here it is that we might be made the righteousness of God. Now you tell me what a transaction happens right there. Where else can you go and unload all your bad and receive nothing else but good in return? Nowhere. 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 Being eternally conscious, being... A, being at a place in life where you're thinking about what, what all God's prepared, what's really in store for me once time on this earth is no more. I told you that our values change in Christ. The things that we cherished a whole lot changed in Christ. And then I wrote down, our interest ends up changing. I can remember things before Christ that used to just hold me captive. And the list could go on and on. I, I had a whole bunch going on. Had man, Me and my brother-in-law back there, we had coon dogs. We thought we had to coon hunt all night and deer hunt all day. I was doing a little racing that time. Man, I'd fit that in in the midst of it. Didn't know for a long time what I was trying to do, Anthony. I was trying to fill a void. Wasn't nothing wrong with it. And it was good times in it all. Could I do it today? Probably, yeah, for sure, for sure I could. Probably could do it in Jesus' name, man. Have a wonderful time. Ain't nothing wrong with it. So I'm not telling you what I was doing was inherently wrong. But where I was headed with it was wrong. Where I was headed with it, that's where I was finding my life. That's where I was finding my joy. Like, boy, if I can just get home. If I can just get home, turn the dog loose. Man, if I can just get home, go climb the deer stand. If I can get home, just get my four-wheeler and go race some more. If I can just do these things, if I can do this, do that, and trying to make a bunch of money in the process, and man, let me do another job. Let me get another job to get done. When I was doing carpenter work, it was just over and over, just thing after thing after thing. But I didn't know I was spinning my wheels. I didn't know I was spinning my wheels, and I wasn't getting nowhere eternally minded. But then God come. Like I told you, it went to pricking on my heart. Man, I got to finding myself 
up under some gospel preaching. Got to find myself in an anointed place, man, and, and God's anointing was falling down, and man, he was tugging on my heart, and he was pulling on my heart, and man, and finally I just couldn't resist no more, and God just saved my soul. And he put something in me that I couldn't deny. He put something in me that I couldn't deny. It was this gift. This gift of eternal salvation. And then God set me on fire, Brother David, into a way it's like, man, I got to tell everybody. I got to tell everybody, man, about this gift, man, this Jesus. And boy, you go to folks and they're like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Man, it gets discouraging. You're trying to bring them salvation. You see them just spinning their wheels. You see them in the same place you're, you was in, and you're just trying to tell them about this salvation, and they're just looking like, yeah, bless him. Man, thank God for a pastor. I've unloaded on him before. Like, man, it gets wearisome. Man, you try and tell. He said, man, just keep preaching Jesus. Just keep preaching this Jesus. Man, somebody's going to come. Somebody's going to come. We may go through a dry spell. We may go through a time. We didn't know we was getting ready for all this corona mess to hit. We didn't know all these things that was going to happen. But God, His Word says what the devil meant for bad. God's going to turn it into something good, man. What, what Satan himself said, boy, I got them backed in a corner now. Today, God says, man, salvation's still open and free. Salvation is still right there for you. The book of Colossians, if you can turn there, I'll try my best to be done here in another couple of hours. Colossians, I done gave you part of the bad. Man, we got we to gotta make a decision. Lord, I'm going the wrong way. It's in here, right past Philippians. Colossians chapter 3. This is one of my favorite places. Boy, there's so many promises wrapped up in just a few verses right here. If you're here without Jesus today, man, if, you, if you've tried the religious thing, if you've thought just being part of church and just, just coming was going to be enough to get it done, I've I got to tell you, God's got some better things here for you. Man, the Bible talks about it being a mystery. talks about it being some hidden things of God. Look at this right here. Chapter 3, verse 1 says these words right here. If ye then be risen with Christ, he said, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, he says, and set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. Ain't that something? <coughs> Excuse me. He talks about setting your affections. Remember me saying about our values? I got all that. You start looking up words, you get other words, you know? Man, I remember teachers trying to tell me that, like, if you'll just read a little bit, if you'll just apply yourself a little bit, you might learn something. Got to looking at one word, and it'd go to another. Then it'd go to another. And that's how this thing come about with this affection. Got to looking up that affection by setting your affections. What, what motivates you? What, what really gets in your crawl? What really grabs your attention? Just set those things on things above and not on things on earth. Get yourself, as the old saying used to go, they'd, somebody get somebody that was real, real excited about God, they said, well, they're so heavenly minded, they ain't no earthly good. I don't know no better place you can be than be heavenly minded. 
If Sister Connie could call back to us, she'd say, it'd be worth it to be a whole lot more heavenly minded. Man, what she's done, feasted her eyes up on? Man, to close her eyes Friday morning, early, David? You mind me sharing what we talked about? That brother in just the last few seconds of his wife being here on this side. See, I told you he ministered to me a whole lot more than I did to him. The last few seconds, he said, Connie looked at him and said, I love you, David. He said, Brother Johnny, it was about three more, five more seconds. He said, she was gone. She was gone. I said, Brother David. Brother David, I, do you know how blessed you are? Man, he went to telling me, he said, boy, she's got a brand new body. Loretta, your sister's got a brand new body. He went to telling that, I was like, boy, we're going to have to put the coat on you my Sunday morning. You're going to have to preach, man. He got to remembering and recalling all them promises that God's words done gave him. Man, he done laid in there with his wife. It was just a few weeks ago I got to see him at the family pantry. He done got off one job. See, not only does he work at Haywood Company, he still does roofing. We still call him the super roofer. He done got off one job. I think you said you went and done a patch job that morning. Done fixed a little spot on somebody's roof and he was getting his wife something to eat in his own self. He said, I'm just trying to get her something, man, that she'll maybe want. Just get her something that she'll want a taste of. Man, he was ministering his wife. Brother Eddie said this morning, he said, boy, David showed done right by Connie, didn't he? I said, man, he sure did in a whole lot of ways. They'd struggle to come, man. She was getting weaker and weaker. Man, she'd want to be here, wouldn't she, Dave? One of the last times I got to speak to her over there. Says, Connie, how you doing? She couldn't look at you real straight. She was weak. And she'd just look at you. She'd say, I'm doing good, Brother Johnny. All the time I was knowing she wasn't doing all that great. All the time I was knowing. Like, girl, you, you frail. You're weak and... But she'd come in for Sunday school. She'd come in for those days, and she was just so happy to be here. She'd tell me all the time, I made it one more time. She was a big thing for her to come by herself without her husband. Great big thing. Look right here at this promise that's given to us. He said those things, and he said, Set your affection on things above and not on things on earth. Verse 3 says these four words right here in the beginning. It says, For ye... Or dead. This is being in Christ. See, Connie had a, had a decision to make a few years back. She could either die once on this side and receive life. See, the other day for her, it was, it was just changing the position where she's at. It was just changing course. Just like, man, I'm going to be on one street today, and here in just a second, I'm going to be on another. Streets of gold. Walls of jasper, gates of pearl, man. My Jesus is going to be in front of me in just a few moments. Connie, I dare to say, didn't need to rethink should she have took another U-turn. She took one a long time back. Man, she'd grab at it. She'd, she'd reach for it like trying to get to Jesus. Man, she had several times like, man, I just want to know more about this salvation. How real is it? How real can it really be? And she'd come time after time. And I remember 
And the last time, she was like, Brother Johnny, I got it. Man, better than that, God's got me. And she would just rejoice in it, and she would just be so happy, and she was just raring to go. And then she got that life that was more abundant. Look at verse 3. After he said to set your affection on things above and not on things of earth, it says those words, it says, For ye are dead, and look at this, and your life is hid with Christ in God. That's the biggest word I believe I've ever seen, Michael Holmes, in the Word of God. This morning as I was sitting over there, I, I didn't know what all God was going to do. This morning that gift is still available for you, that you can stand before God and you can have all your sin upon you. Or man, you can let it all be put on Christ. You can just cast it for the final time, just cast it all up on Christ, man. He's already bore your sin. It's already paid for. You can let it be there. You can stop grabbing your sin back up off of Jesus and saying, I'll hold on to it and take care of it myself just a little while longer. Because there's an appointment coming. Boy, when that, when that great big word, H-I-D, jumped off of that page to me this morning. I was like, God, no wonder you wouldn't let me go nowhere else. Brother, they had been telling me about, he said, man, just prepare something, you know, maybe be ready, you know, for a few messages or whatever. I was like, man, you know I can't do that. I, man, I'm always right up to the minute like, God, you're going to have to help me. I don't know much. But boy, he recalled back just a little old word about that U-turn, and that thing went to unfolding. It went to unfold, and the Holy Spirit of God was speaking. And when that word hid, come off of that page, I looked at it, and I was like, man, I've never seen it that way before, that all my sin was placed upon Jesus, the perfect, pure, holy, righteous Lamb of God. He took every bit of my sin, and now when I come time to stand before God, man, he don't see nothing but Jesus, man. Man, I know where I'm at. I know how far I come from, from doing what God wants me to do. But, Brother David, to know that Jesus is going to be standing before me. And, man, my life is hid in Christ. My life is hid in Christ with God. I can't, Brother Chad, I like to explode it over there. It had been a mess in that office over there this morning. Your life can be hid with Christ. Your life this morning, if you've never trusted Jesus, your life can truly begin today. I looked up that word hid. I told you I was real simple. When I looked it up this morning, it said hid is being kept out of sight. Prevented from being seen. How many, how many times in life have you ever found yourself like, I just wish one time I could be the man. <laughs> Boy, if I could just be somewhere and somebody say, you the man. I tell one of my coworkers that all the time. He, he bails me out all the time. I tell him, I say, man, you the man. You the man. He loves that. He says, oh, man, quit it. 
But it's encouraging. But boy, you, you grab for that all your life. Like, well, just one time, I just want to be top. But you think about this one time that, Brother Carl, we ain't going to want to be top dog. Man, it's good to win. It's good to do things great. And, and, and in the end, say, well, well done and good job. But the only way those words are going to be told to us in glory is if Jesus has got us covered up. Man, if he's preventing us from being seen, man, if, if, if I come to God on that day, man, and, and I walk up before God himself, and man, it's time for me to be seen. Boy, if I've got to be seen myself, whew, Lord have mercy. See, if you really knew all about me, you'd be like, Brother Eddie, what are you doing letting that boy preach? Man, come that day, Sister Sherry. You and Carl done invested in Dave and Connie so much. Sarah will love you. Bill went, I'm not meaning to leave nobody out. He, he just said his whole church, really. Some of you just invested in them through life. I got to thinking about little bitty old Connie. It ain't going to take much to hide her anyway. Jesus and put her in his pocket. She's always been small. I had a crush on her when I was a kid. She was best friends with my oldest sister. Told David, I said, you lucky dog, you. She was so much older than me. She'd come over. She just loved on me as a kid. She did. She did. You know how you are when you're about nine, ten years old, like, boy, that right there is all right. <laughs> Connie was always sweet to me. She was always sweet to me. I'll be done told too much about some other ones. I had crushes on them, too. <laughs> yeah, as a boy, man, you know, you get loved on in life. You get loved on in life in such a way and it makes you feel good. Man, people treat you with respect. They treat you with honor. Look, there ain't nobody going to love you better than Jesus. Man, there ain't nobody going to love you better than Jesus. When, man, when that time comes, and I'm thinking about, says, Sherry, I was talking to you just a second ago. When we stand before Jesus, before God himself and Jesus steps over in our way, Boy, it's going to be the grandest time in our life. Like, ooh, just stand right there, Jesus. Just stand right there. Don't let him see me right here. Don't let him look at me. Boy, just let him look at you. And then he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Brother Dean, I believe Jesus is going to turn around and say, man, you all right now? Enter in. Enter in. I ask you today, I got to close because I got 5,000 more places to preach. I got a bunch more notes wrote down. So many things. When I leave here today, I wonder, Lord, did I say enough? But I got, I'm feeling God's nudge of His Holy Spirit that right now you're here without Christ. Brother Eddie's already put the plea out. He's already put the plea out. Chelsea's already felt the nudge. She's already come down. She's all, one's already done paved the way for you. Today, if you're without Christ, man, if, you, if you've never trusted Jesus, today is your day. Today is your day. Kaylee's coming. She'll play a song. She's going to help us out. Brother Eddie was on the ball, wasn't he? 
Today, you've got an opportunity. And I'm pleading with you bad. Man, with all the simplicity that I've got, I'm pleading with you bad. Don't, don't pass up the exit. Don't pass up your U-turn. Don't pass up the chance you got to turn things around. Man, don't wait till the last moment. Don't wait till like maybe I'll have enough time in the end. I'm going to remind you one more time, Brother David said, it was really quick, Brother Johnny. It was really quick. Man, what if Connie hadn't made that greatest decision on, on, the, on this side? It wouldn't have been that good. Man, I'm pleading with you. As you bow your heads, people come to the altar. Pray. Pray like you never prayed before. If you've got somebody that's close to you that's lost, that's never trusted Jesus, you need to pray like today, like, like it's the last chance they got because it just might be. All over this place, as your heads are bowed, just, just think about Jesus. Think about that day that you've got to stand before God the Father. You think you really want God looking at you? Judging you on your goodness and your righteousness? Man, I plead with you today. Look deep through your mind right into the face of Jesus that he paid an awful high price for you. And he paid it for me. Why don't today... Why don't today you just push everything aside, man, I, and say, man, I got to get to Jesus. Man, I got to know what it is about this peace that passes all understanding. All over this place, while your heads are bowed, call out upon him. Just call out upon him and tell him, say, Lord Jesus, God, I know that I'm lost. Lord, you've been showing it to me time after time, and I've been hanging on to just religious acts. Just religious things is what I've been holding on to. And God, today I want to lay all that down. Lord God, I want to just trust your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'll right, right now put your spirit inside of me. God, make me born again. Lord, give me that life that's going to be life everlasting. I tell him, say, Lord, thank you for saving my soul. Lord, thank you for taking all my sins upon yourself. Lord, thank you that you, you was crucified, buried, and rose again on that third day. Lord, just thank you for all that. Lord, thank you that now your Holy Spirit has been invited to come dwell in my heart and my life. Tell him, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Is there anyone in here today that you don't went as far as you can go? You don't went absolutely as far as you can go, and you know, you know that this might be the last time that you've got a chance to turn around to take that exit, to make you a U-turn right towards Jesus. If, if that's you in here and you just prayed and trusted Christ, just raise your hand where I can see you. I'm not going to force you to come forward. Anyone all over this place, anyone, come on, why you got a chance? Anyone. Anyone? All saved here? Everyone ready to be standing before Christ? Everyone ready for God to see them just as they are?
or just in Christ. All over this house, you still got time. Anyone today, I just trusted Jesus, Brother Johnny. Anyone. No one. And Lord, I want to tell you thank you. God, I thank you, Lord, for your sweet spirit in this place. God, I pray that, uh, Lord, everything that's been done here, Lord, just brings you glory and honor. God, I pray for, God, that one, Lord, I feel in my spirit, Lord, there's at least one other. God, that today they didn't trust Jesus. Lord, I pray that you give them time. Lord, I pray that you open their eyes. Lord, I pray that you reveal it to them in such a way that, God, they can't, they can't refuse it no more. Lord, there's coming a day, Lord, they won't, won't be able to make that U-turn. God, I just pray right now, Lord, you just help them. Lord, as Brother David's over there, Lord, and God being ministered to by Brother Bill, others, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you've wrapped him up. God, you've gave him peace that passes all understanding. God, in the home going of his wife, Lord, his bride, Lord, she stepped out of this world and into an eternity in heaven. God, we got a lot to rejoice about, Lord. She made it, Lord. She fought a good fight. She kept the faith. God, thank you, Lord, that you had a crown of righteousness laid up for her, Lord. God, I thank you today, Lord. I pray that you just help us. Is there anyone? While you still got time, there's still prayer going on at the altar. I got my head bowed. Come while you got a chance. Just come to Jesus. You, you don't have to come to me. You can pray right there where you sit, and I'll give you one more opportunity. Call out from the depths of your soul and ask Him to save you. Do business with God this morning. Get it done on this side so you don't have to worry about it on the other side. You'll be able to walk into glory. The Bible says you'll appear with Him in glory. Why don't you trade places with Jesus this morning and let Him, let him take your spot? Let him hide you behind himself at the cross. Why you got time? Anyone else? Anyone? You still got time? Anyone? Lord, we praise you for today. God, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord. I thank you for what you're going to do this week. God, how you're going to give a celebration of the life of Sister Connie. God, you're going to undergird David in the days to come. Lord, you're going to give him strength. Lord, like he ain't never seen before. God, you're going to wrap her mama and daddy up, Lord. And God, her sister, Lord, you're going to continue to hold Loretta over there. And God, I just pray for your comfort upon that family, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, God, on this side, Lord. We got to meet Sister Connie, Lord. We've got heaven just got a whole lot sweeter. God, we got a whole lot more to look forward to one day to be seeing her in glory. God, we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.